Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we kick off this last week of August. Hope you had a good weekend. It's going to be a busy week. The next three days, I'll be in Boone, Iowa at the Farm Progress Show. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing a lot of folks here. If you're going to be at the show this week, I'll be at the Media Tent broadcasting Tuesday and Thursday at the Syngenta Tent on Wednesday. Stop by and say hi. Coming up on our program today, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of news to this week. Uh, we have, it looks like, maybe a NAFTA announcement today. We're expecting the Ag Aid package to be announced. Lots to talk about. We'll be talking with Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. We'll take a look at the uh, week ahead weather forecast for the country as we'll talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And we'll talk RFS and WOTUS and some other issues with Todd Neely uh, from DTN a little bit later on. But right now, we're very happy to start our show and start the week off with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Senator, thank you for joining us. Uh, glad to be with you. I'm in Washington, D.C. I left the Waterloo, Iowa yesterday afternoon about 1.15 and got back here about 6.30 last night. Uh, glad to be back here at a time when uh, we uh, are working in August where normally the Senate isn't ever in session in August. In fact, I think this, this is uh, only the second time in the 38 years I've been in the United States Senate that uh, that we've had some August uh, sessions. Uh, but it's uh, appropriate that we do that because we didn't get done the first six months what we should have gotten done. Lots of issues, obviously, I want to get to. But first, I want to get your thoughts on the passing of your colleague, Senator McCain. Well, I I don't know where to start because he's such a giant, uh, both uh, on military things and just generally representing the people of of, uh, Arizona. Uh, But I start with the personal sacrifice he did uh, as a Navy person. Uh, being five years of POW in the Vietnam War and the suffering that he uh, that he took as a result of the mistreatment he had as a POW. But it didn't seem to slow him down at all as a United States senator. Uh, he represented the people of uh, Arizona well. He was uh, very well respected on military issues, and yet he had a reputation that I think every senator ought to be proud of a reputation of representing your people first, uh, being independent of whoever's in the White House, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, and being independent of your party's leadership in the United States Senate. Also want to get your uh, your thoughts, because you're heavily involved in this. Can you give us an update on the confirmation process for Judge Kavanaugh? Yeah. A week from tomorrow, we start our hearing. Uh, we've got uh, 430,000 pages of documents. Now, that's a lot less than the million we were talking about when he was first nominated, because we knew he had a lot of documentation that needed to go through, but so much of it was duplicate. So with 430,000 pages, it's still twice what any previous nominee for the United States Senate had. So there's plenty of material to go through. Uh, My staff is through 95% of it already, and I assume the Democrats are, uh, they've got the same uh, appropriation we do for special help for this big project, and I think they ought to be through it as well so that we're all ready for a week from tomorrow to have four days of hearings on his nomination before the Judiciary Committee. 
Have you seen any red flags at this point? No. In fact, I don't think uh, Democrats have shown any uh, red flags uh, against the nominee's qualifications and where he has stood on various issues. Uh, right now, uh, all of their objections is the process. They think we ought to adjourn or not have the hearing until after uh, Mueller's uh, 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 investigation of the Roman, uh, the uh, Russian uh, collusion with uh, with uh, Trump. Although there's been nothing proven on it, but that's one of the excuses that they use. We're talking with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Word is uh, we have a deal with Mexico on NAFTA. Have you got any details? Have you heard anything on this yet? No, I'm waiting for that to happen this afternoon. And I think, though, that we're going to find that it's going to be very favorable and probably very favorable to agriculture as well. Uh, and uh, then immediately the, uh, the tariffs that uh, Mexico has on our pork and potentially they would have had tariffs on our uh, corn. I don't think we have to worry about it. I think it'll uh, it'll bring a lot uh, uh, less anxiety. There'll be a lot less anxiety from the farmers that come to my town meetings. And I had 20 uh, town meetings uh, during the first week of August, um, and it came up at every one of those meetings, a great deal of anxiety. I didn't hear people personally attack uh, uh, Trump for what he was trying to accomplish. But the uncertainty of it was uh, a major question, and I think a NAFTA a deal will reduce some of that uncertainty. Right after Labor Day, the conference is supposed to really get after it on the farm bill. Do you think we'll get a farm bill done by the end of September? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, first of all, Roberts, uh, Chairman Roberts wants it done, and, uh, and Leader McConnell has said it's got to be done before September 30th. He announced that in our caucus. He was particularly directing it uh, to the vice president who was attending our caucus. Uh, and, uh, and it just kind of adds up that the president's farm bill sunsets September 30th, so we should get a bill to the president uh, by that period of time. What else is on your agenda in the Senate for September? Um, well, I, I think that uh, we'll have to get down to work. There's 90 days before we can take up the NAFTA agreement as far as the Senate to vote on it. But I would assume that, uh, that a lot of study of it is going to have to take place. And then, uh, uh, then the Farm Bill is in September. Uh, then the Federal Aviation Administration Reauthorization Act has to be done in September. And, and a permanent rewrite of the of the flood insurance legislation uh, just to name a, a few there's probably a lot well then of course don't forget in my committee the hearings uh on kavanaugh the first week and then there will be a week in between but then we'll debate it in committee the third week and it'll be up uh, it'll take up probably most of the last week of september uh just the debate on kavanaugh to be on the supreme court and you're going to continue to push in the farm bill on your payment limitation proposal, right? Yes. Yeah. And I hope that we uh, get it because uh, Conway and the House representatives have gone just the uh, opposite direction. Any curbs that he had on a subsidy that, uh, that even B 
big, big farmers or even non-farmers can get from the farm program. Eliminated all that. All right, Senator, it'll be a busy month. Thank you for the update. Okay, goodbye. Take care. Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Yeah, we'll see if he can get any support for his uh, uh, longstanding proposal to get uh, limits on uh, uh, farm program payments. He's pushed for that for a long time. We'll see what uh, he may or may not be able to get done when they take it back up after the Labor Day. All right, so a lot going on. NAFTA expecting some details on the ag aid package and more we're going to talk with sarah wyatt with agripulse communications get an update on those stories when we come back as we kick off a new week here on aoa adams on agriculture stay with us The fertilizer's really good over here. Ooh, better get it before that corn does, water hemp. Hey, corn, want some phosphorus? Oops, I ate it all. (laughs) If weeds are laughing at your corn herbicide, try Acuron. It silences the toughest weeds you'll come up against. Hey, corn, sorry if I got out of line. Unlike you. Get the last laugh. Talk to your Syngenta reseller about Acuron. Hey, water hemp, you're looking kind of yellow. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. Farmers are feeling the pain from President Trump's trade war. Brent Bible Farms in Lafayette, Indiana. Today we farm about 5,000 acres and raise primarily corn and soybeans. Free trade is essential to the ag economy. This is not a war that I signed up for. It's not a war that I want to be drafted for. Our farm and many others like ours will be one of the first casualties of the trade war. President Trump, stop the trade war. Paid for by Farmers for Free Trade. TariffsHurt.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, lots of news here as we kick off this last week of August. Let's bring in Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thank you for joining us. I guess right now the big news, it looks like we, uh, we're going to get an announcement today of the uh, U.S.-Mexico NAFTA deal. Yeah, Mike, it looks like they made a lot of progress over the weekend, working until the wee hours in uh, Ambassador Lighthizer's office, uh, the U.S. Trade Representative. Uh, and it sounds like there's a, a lot of momentum to finish this off, at least with the Mexican government. Both the old and the new seem to be working pretty closely together at this point. Uh, obviously, there's a long ways to go, though, Mike. I mean, the Canadians are not really in the loop right now. And uh, hopefully the, by securing a deal with the Mexicans, they can put some leverage on the Canadian counterparts and, and get something done. But I still think that, uh, that while this would be a big victory for the Trump administration to get part of something done on trade, uh, they've got, a, they've got a, some strong headwinds ahead. Well, as, and I keep saying it's cars versus cows. As much as we focus on the ag side of things, uh, a lot of the focus of, neg- of the negotiators has been over cars. It has, yes, uh, but um, and not just cows, um, tomatoes. Uh, you know, there are some uh, dispute settlements and some uh, different uh, tariffs that have been in place that people would like to see removed. So uh, there's a there's still some uh, things that might all get swept under the rug if we get car settled. But um, uh, I think that uh, it sounds like good progress has been made on a lot of fronts, and hopefully agriculture will be in a better place. If, if nothing else, Mike, we're going to get some certainty because, uh, and, and hopefully some removal of some of the tariffs on some of our best trading partners if we get this deal done. Yeah, I think that's what's going to be interesting here, Sarah, to see if there's any real improvement for agriculture. I've been saying it's a, it's a victory for agriculture if we just get back to where we were before all this started. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know, people would... Uh, would really like to see the president advance on several trade fronts. A bilateral with Japan would be really, really good. Um, you know, making sure that we are able to make progress in the Pacific Rim with other countries, if not China. Uh, so this one would just really be, I think, a, a, a great way to show that they do want to renegotiate, get some momentum going again on the trade front and remove some of this uncertainty that is driving the markets crazy. So we'll see what's in it and uh, what the details uh, involve. And then uh, I think this is going to be interesting, too. Whatever trade deal they come up with, getting it through Congress. Oh, yes. And whether it's this Congress, which is not likely, uh, and we've got the November midterm elections coming up, likely to see the House flip, according to some of the most recent reports that we've seen. Uh, so if you have Democratic control of the House, I think there's going to be a focus on a lot of the things, the trade deals. And uh, a lot of those will be, you know, trying to push back on some of the things that the Trump administration has done in the first couple of years. So uh, even if the Senate doesn't flip uh, right now, it doesn't look like it will because there's a more Democratic seats in play on the Senate side than there are Republican seats. Uh, but, you know, the House looks increasingly likely to move to a Democratic majority. So will they want to approve a deal that President 
Trump has negotiated with his team, I think it's going to be a heavy lift. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Sarah Wyatt, editor of and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. All right, Sarah, you've uh, done a lot of reporting on uh, what we may see in this ag aid package. Uh, you had some uh, preliminary numbers, uh, some kind of giving us a ballpark on this. What are you expecting? Are, first of all, are we going to get the announcement today? And then what are you expecting in that announcement? Well, as we reported last week, it was originally expected on Friday. Um, USDA was uh, not really happy with us making those numbers public. But it was an unusual situation, Mike, in that we felt good about our sources and we asked USDA that, uh, you know, if they could confirm those. And they not only didn't want to confirm or deny that our numbers were correct, they didn't want us to tell them what the numbers were. Um, so they did issue a statement, however, saying that we were premature. And uh, we were also very clear to say that these are numbers that went to US, from USDA to the Office of Management and Budget and likely to be analyzed and, and uh, could be changed. So we were very clear about that. But we felt very good about our our numbers that we had gotten from very credible sources saying that would be a buck 65 on soybeans per bushel and only a penny on corn. Now, um, the Office of Management and Budget has published that they have sent the, their decisions back to USDA, but as of early this morning, it didn't appear that USDA actually had all those, or at least we're, we're not confirming that they had everything from the OMB yet. So. We do anticipate that there will be an announcement today. Um, Secretary Perdue said that in New York last week, but um, perhaps now he wants to wait and roll out maybe at the Farm Progress Show uh, where he'll be on Wednesday or something like that. So, uh, But we're all ready and uh, anxious to see whether the USDA proposed numbers that we had obtained stick. Um, as you know, Mike, this has been one of the biggest uh, situations for farmers and ranchers are sitting out here going, well, what is what what are we going to get paid and how are we going to get paid and how is this going to work? So there's been a lot of anticipation about these numbers. And it's not just corn and soybeans, of course. We're talking about the wheat growers. They were looking for 75 cents. And, of course, the corn growers are looking for more than that. You've got the pork producers. You've got, you know, all these different commodities, and including the Almond Board of California. They've been really hard hit by the tariffs on not only China, but India and Turkey. And so they were looking for some relief on uh, the assessments that they were being charged. So you've got all of American agriculture really paying attention to how this decision might play out. Yeah, I'm anxious to see on some of those other commodities, say pork, for example, how they're going to work that compensation. Well, um, as you know, there's a uh, there's a, going to be a mix of compensation or some sort of direct payment, mm -hmm. as well as trying to do food purchasing and trying to do more export promotion. Um, we were told last week that there were even some other things that USDA might do that they, we were not privy to, and so I'm not sure what those might be. But uh, as far as I know, they've been working just to make sure they can get some money out the door for those producers who are hardest hit. And they don't want it to be like crop insurance. Um, they don't want it to be like a commodity program payment uh, that they've, uh, they currently have, like ARC and PLC. They want it to be something totally different, and they have to stay under their WTO obligations with these uh, amounts. So we're looking at somewhere uh, around $12 billion. And on dairy, are you expecting more product purchases by the government? I am, but 
again, um, there could be some other sort of payment or compensation there. I know the National Milk Producers Federation and others were, I mean, it, it's been kind of a revolving door at USDA the last couple of weeks. And also at OMB, all these different interest groups were writing letters and sending their economic analysis and, and, and making the case for how much they were hurt. And I think the department has made it very clear, not everybody is going to be happy um, and so they've been very realistic about that. But at what final levels we get, uh, it remains to be seen. All right. We just talked with Senator Grassley about a number of topics, including the Farm Bill. What are you hearing in Washington about the chances of it getting done in September? I think people are fairly optimistic, probably more optimistic than I am. Uh, you might have noticed we did an open mic interview with Colin Peterson that published yesterday. And he seems pretty bullish about it right now. He said, he, you know, the meetings with staff went really well last week. Uh, the September 5th formal meeting is expected to be mostly about everybody giving their opening speeches. But he said everything's really looking good. There's some funding differences that are problematic. The conservation title is problematic. And, of course, we all know the nutrition title is problematic. But he made some news with us. He talked about being able to deliver 100 Democratic votes if we can stick to the Senate version of the nutrition title. And uh, I'm sure that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are trying to do the math right now and how you get to that magic number of uh, necessary votes in the House of Representatives. If you don't bring the Freedom Caucus along because you didn't make enough changes and reforms in the nutrition title, uh, and, and if you don't do that, then you are going to need 100 Democrats. So uh, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting exercise in how they can pull the votes together to get it through the House. Yeah, and when I've talked with him, I, he sounded, I agree, he's, he has sounded more bullish, more optimistic. And I think he's a good barometer on this. Uh, when he's optimistic, I think that, that bodes well for getting it done, but still a lot of uh, work to be done. All right, Sarah, lots going on. Thanks a lot. See you in, in Iowa at Farm Progress Show. Yes, we'll see you there. Looking forward to it, Mike. Okay, see you then. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. She'll be at the Farm Progress Show, and as she mentioned, Secretary Purdue will be there on Wednesday. Will he wait till then to announce the ag aid package, or will it come out later today? We'll have to wait and see. Well, what about the weather? We're getting into harvest time. We'll check in with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. 
Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Lean hog futures bouncing on this Monday after the U.S. and Mexico said to be approaching a deal over trade. The bilateral agreement could set the stage for Canada to rejoin talks and an eventual NAFTA revision. Walking into the talks on Monday, Mexico's chief trade negotiator saying there's just one more important item to discuss in the negotiations. Mexico's team has been meeting with top U.S. officials, including U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Senior White House Advisor Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law. Canada's Foreign Minister, Christia Freeland, is scheduled to travel to Europe this week. She'll be visiting Germany, Ukraine, and France. That could potentially delay the timeline for completing a deal among all three countries. In lean hog futures, an hour into the trading day, a dollar five to two dollars and fifty-five cents higher. Live cattle futures trending a dollar ninety-five to two dollars and forty-five cents better. In feeder cattle, we're two dollars five cents to two dollars and ninety-five cents higher per hundred weight. For the grain and oil seed sector, in soybean futures, we've got minus signs. Eight to nine and a fraction lower. We have pierced support at 851 and a quarter. The August 13th swing low on the upside. Minor resistance lies at 869 and three quarters. In corn, new crop December hovering around 362 a bushel, down three quarters of a cent. That contract was down 16 cents last week. Chicago wheat trending 5 to 7 cents lower, 8 to 9 lower in Kansas City. Minneapolis spring wheat 4 to 6 cents lower. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, we talk weather as we uh, wrap up August, head into uh, harvest, and of course this week the Farm Progress Show. We bring in DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson who will be at the Farm Progress Show. All right, Bryce, I know uh, I've been getting updates from Boone. They've had some some rain there, and the the forecast keeps changing around, but it looks overall like it's going to be a pretty good three days uh, for the show. Yeah, it really does, Mike. Uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, the first day of the show, could be... uh somewhat stormy and it looks like there could be around a half inch of rain in central iowa tomorrow but uh following that uh there will be maybe just a few very isolated showers 
very early Wednesday, and maybe not even by the time the show gets going, uh, the show opens, all that rain uh, could be in the overnight hours, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then pretty dry otherwise, and Thursday looks like a dry day as well, with temperatures actually a little bit on the cool side Wednesday in the low 70s, but elsewhere or otherwise uh, during the show in the middle 70s. Uh, that's pretty pleasant to walk around and eat popcorn and uh, go to our DTN uh, talks that we're going to have. So uh, yeah. we're all set. Yeah, overall that sounds pretty good, really. And yeah. uh, we look we look forward to seeing you at the the show this week in Boone. All right, uh, more and more that field work starting up, silage being cut, some places harvesting actually getting going, others are getting very close. Especially once we hit Labor Day, what's the forecast for this week ahead? I think that there's going to be a, a very uh, a very good situation if you want to have uh, grain drying down uh, for uh, corn harvest over the next uh, several days, especially over the southern half of the Midwest. And we know that that's where things are going to get uh, started, if not uh, continue on, as you mentioned. In fact, uh, there's going to be uh, some uh, possibly stressful heat in the Mississippi and uh, the lower Ohio valleys uh, during the next couple days. But then after that, uh, conditions are going to uh, still be on the warm side, but maybe not quite as as warm to hot. And uh, precipitation is uh, focusing mainly over the uh, northern half of the Midwest. And, uh, you know, that's going to give some some, uh, variable uh, impact with soil moisture that still is good for soybeans. On the other hand, it may be could uh, slow down the uh, the maturation process on corn, plus in some areas, particularly in Wisconsin, that had some of these uh, just uh, uh, engulfing rains over the last week, there, there will be uh, some saturation uh, problems there. But in general, uh, the southern half of the Midwest, a little bit drier, uh, favorable conditions for uh, moving things along, northern half of the Midwest, late season moisture, in general, you have to think that soil moisture is still a pretty good thing to have. And this overall harvest outlook is uh, going to be going earlier. And I don't think that at this point, Mike, that there's any real concern uh, that should be uh, in the mix for uh, even an early, even a, a normal frost uh, onset at a uh, normal time. I don't think we're even going to be seeing that this year. But if it were to happen, uh, crops are far enough along. I don't think it's going to make any difference. So once we get past Labor Day, you're not seeing any big problems looming there in September? I don't think that we're going to have that. Um, you know, the uh, the general track is for the, the Midwest, in terms of the three- to four-week forecast, to be in equal chances on normal, above-normal, or below-normal temperatures. But the remainder of the country is on an above-normal uh, track in the forecast. And for me, that, tells, uh, that, that gives the message that we're looking at near to above-normal on temperatures during the balance of September. And we're still looking at values that are going to be in the 70s to even the low 80s uh, during that time period. Uh, so that is uh, going to be pretty decent as far as, um, you know, putting uh, corn into the black layer, uh, the uh, maturity uh, period for, uh, for the kernel, and uh, for soybeans, just uh, kind of moving them along uh, after the rain that we've had. 
So harvest may be more timely than uh, planting. It seems like a long time ago and almost easy to forget, but we think back to this spring, it was a challenge, you know, waiting and waiting to get to the fields. It sounds like it'll be just the opposite here for harvest time. Yeah, I don't think harvest is going to be a big problem at all this year. Uh, the the uh, scenario could be a little bit on on a delayed note in the northern half of the Midwest, uh, maybe somewhat similar to planting, but I don't think it's going to be as uh, as big a uh, a holdup if that does happen. And you know, the overall uh, situation is still looking quite positive. And Mike, it's uh, very very difficult to make the market excited about any sort of problems at harvest. Uh, we know that harvest uh, is, is a process, uh, is a task that uh, there has been uh, tremendous capability developed in. And uh, if anything, I don't know, planting, planting can go awfully fast. In my opinion, harvest can go even faster with the kind of capacity and everything that we have these days. Yeah, well, we saw that at this spring it, it seemed like it just felt always felt later than it really was and when they finally got there even though maybe it's not as early as many would like or usually get to the fields wow all of a sudden they got done so very quickly so that that you're right that we have that capability these days we're talking with etn meteorologist bryce anderson bryce uh, what about some of those other trouble spots around the world uh, europe australia what what's their situation well still on the dry side in australia mike over the weekend uh the Queensland and uh, New South Wales uh, area had a little bit of rain, but it didn't amount to much. I mean, we're talking a half to one, and a, you know, one maybe one and a quarter inch uh, rainfall. But these areas are are running rainfall deficits that are comparable to uh, what we have seen in uh, the southwestern U.S. this year, uh, and and I should say the southwestern Midwest. I mean, think about how uh, northern Missouri, southern Iowa for much of the season uh, into eastern Kansas have been running soil moisture deficits of over five inches. And that's the kind of problem that they've got in eastern Australia. So an inch of rainfall is uh, probably already soaked in, and I doubt that uh, it's if, if I were to uh, put a spade into, a, into a, uh, an area of uh, soil in, in uh, northern uh, New South Wales today, I don't know that it would uh, show up uh, very much at all. And that's the kind of situation they are in. It also doesn't look like uh, Russia is going to get a whole lot of rain this week. There may be just a, a few very uh, stray showers that give about a quarter of an inch or so of uh, rainfall. It doesn't look like the uh, wheat crop that's been harvested in Russia is quite as uh, uh, deficient as had been thought earlier this season, but there still is not going to be a whole lot of moisture to work with, at least to start out planting the uh, next wheat crop. And it uh, also is quite unlikely that northern Europe is going to get a whole lot of rain this week either. They had that uh, wheat crop uh, shortage. It uh, made a difference in the market for a while. Uh, I think now the question is uh, whether there's going to be a whole lot to work with for the next round of wheat planting. And at this point, uh, they're probably going to be waiting still uh, before actually getting too busy with planting just because there is not going to be a whole lot of rain to work with right now, and they've got a soil moisture deficit as well. All right, so we head to Boone, Iowa for the Farm Progress Show, and you'll be having your seminars there in your DTN building. Uh, what will you be focusing on for folks that will be coming to the show? Well, from my standpoint, Mike, I'm going to uh, kind of do a little bit of a uh, of a 
uh, dissection, if you will, not, not necessarily that fine, but uh, I'm going to do a summary of how the uh, crop year was in terms of, uh, of uh, everything because we did have some of these uh, problems to get things going, and then there was a, a break in the temperature pattern during midsummer that helped things a lot, and so we'll talk about that uh, in terms of uh, that prospect, and uh, also I'm going to be uh, looking at how the South America season is shaping up because they will get started with planting in Brazil here in a couple weeks. And then my colleague Todd Holtman, DTN analyst, will go through the markets and uh, try to uh, go through some trends that I think people are going to be interested in, particularly with the idea that there's going to be a lot of grain that is just uh, taken out of the field and put into the bin uh, for this year because of the way prices are relative to uh, supply and also relative to some of the trade issues that are going on. It all goes so quickly. All of a sudden, we'll switch from harvest weather to looking at our, can we replenish some soil moisture levels uh, during the fall and winter and get ready for next spring. No, no kidding. I, you know, I was thinking uh, driving into work this morning that it wasn't that long ago that that I was uh, driving through central Illinois and looking at some little spiked uh, corn plants that uh, had had very very good planting conditions and were already up and going and those fields may very well be done for in terms of harvest before the middle of September and probably uh, putting in some pretty good yields at that so the season has gone by quickly yep and uh, I can tell you from living here yes there'll be some very good deals coming out here very very soon all right so what time are your seminars at the farm progress show uh, Mike, uh, Todd Holtman, and I are going to kick it off at 9.30 uh, each morning, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we'll be going for uh, basically however long the, the questions last, you know. And then our next uh, round will be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So 9.30 and 1, all three days of the show. So those of you going to the Farm Progress Show this week in Boone, Iowa, be sure to stop by the DTN building uh, for that information. Always good information. You always bring uh, big crowds in because people want to know about the weather. And uh, Bryce, we always appreciate you being on with us each week here on AOA. Thanks for joining us today. See you in Iowa. Very good, Mike. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Take care. Bryce Anderson, DTN Meteorologist. Coming up next, also with DTN, writer Todd Neely joins us. Uh, some things going on with the RFS and EPA. And what about waters of the U.S.? We'll get updates coming up next on Adams on Agriculture. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable 
adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hey, Ragweed, the fertilizer's really good over here. Ooh, better get it before that corn does, water hemp. Hey, corn, want some phosphorus? Oops, I ate it all. <laughs> if weeds are laughing at your corn herbicide, try Acuron. It silences the toughest weeds you'll come up against. Hey, corn, sorry if I got out of line. Unlike you. Get the last laugh. Talk to your Syngenta reseller about Acuron. Hey, water hemp, you're looking kind of yellow. Always read and follow label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Farmers are feeling the pain from President Trump's trade war. Brent Bible Farms in Lafayette, Indiana. Today we farm about 5,000 acres and raise primarily corn and soybeans. Free trade is essential to the ag economy. This is not a war that I signed up for. It's not a war that I want to be drafted for. Our farm and many others like ours will be one of the first casualties of the trade war. President Trump, stop the trade war. Paid for by Farmers for Free Trade. TariffsHurt.com. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. So a lot of the focus right now on trade and ag aid, but there are some other issues going on. I want to keep you up to date on, too, as well. We'll start with the RFS. Todd Neely, uh, writer for DTN, joins us. And, Todd, it's interesting because EPA, during the public comment period on the RFS, made it clear they didn't want comments on small refinery waivers, but they got a lot of them from, uh, from the biofuels industry. And they're even getting them from USDA, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that's often forgotten, uh, you know, we talk about EPA when it comes to the RFS and, and how they're the, the lead agency, um, you know, on setting the volumes every time around. But uh, there's an interagency review that goes on as well that includes USDA. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we've heard a lot about, obviously, these small refinery waivers um, have led to a lot of lost gallons being blended of ethanol and other biofuels. Um, but USDA, they had challenged EPA in a memorandum that was sent to, to the EPA um, on August 15th. And basically, um, they're calling on the EPA to come up with, with an average uh, or an estimate of what the agency expects for 2019 in terms of additional small refinery waivers. Um, and so far, the proposal that's out there that's already been public commented on is uh, including the number zero. Uh, when it comes to waivers for next year, but we know based on uh, 16 and 17 that there's a pretty good chance there's going to be a continued flow of, of waiver requests coming in. I always thought it curious and interesting. Scott Pruitt, when he was heading up EPA, often liked to talk about how he was working so closely with USDA on, on the RFS issues, but then you'd hear Secretary Purdue talk, and it it didn't sound like they were in lockstep on a lot of these things, and there it wasn't as close an alliance as uh, Scott Pruitt made it sound like. It's interesting to see how this works out now with Andrew Wheeler at the helm. Yeah, I think so, you know, and uh, the one thing I think that has been quite striking, uh, this this uh, this new administrator, acting administrator Wheeler, is, is pretty much out of the headlines and pretty much out of the spotlight. Um and so it's really, uh, when you see these public comments being filed, as we've seen on the RFS, and then you see USDA's involvement, um, you don't hear a lot of that out of Andrew Wheeler. And I suspect that that's kind of the, kind of the way it's going to be. Um, you know, this, this whole public comment period has become quite a, an interesting thing over the years. I mean, we've seen, you know, an outpouring on all sides when it comes to the RFS. Uh, but I don't remember in recent memory uh, this much, activity and involvement in the public comment uh, on the RFS because of the small refinery waivers. You know, we always have uh, people kind of making their cases for why volume should be higher or lower. Uh, but this time around, I mean, it seems almost to a comment, you know, the pro-ethanol side is saying, hey, wait a minute, these small refinery waivers, they've got to be accounted for. Um, and so, I, you know, I would think that that outpouring and then the involvement of USDA at this point um, 
I would suspect behind the scenes at EPA, they're, they're looking a little bit more closely at this. You know, they had uh, put out a proposal that uh, possibly included uh, accounting for, for waivers, and then they, they went away from that at the last minute. So I still think there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff going on on this. I, I think we'll hear a lot more yet. And what are we going to see with Waters of the U.S.? Kind of a setback for getting rid of the old rule with that recent ruling uh, that kind of put it back in yeah. play for 26 states. Uh, ag groups obviously trying to get a national stay. The administration is still pushing ahead for a new rule. Where do we stand in all this? Well, Mike, you know, uh, we're coming up upon, uh, I believe, around 70 days since the OMB received a proposed new definition of Waters of the U.S., uh, typically, OMB takes around 30 to 45 days to look at a rule and then put it out uh, for public consumption. And so far, we're sitting at around 70, 75 days, roughly, um, you know, since the, the OMB received that new definition. And so uh, we keep watching and waiting to see if that new rule is going to come out. I think it's kind of a race uh, against the clock in some sense, because here we have this 2015 rule that is basically in effect in half the country as we speak. And uh, EPA behind the scenes is pushing for a new definition. So I think it's going to be, um, I think probably the, the 2015 rule is going to have to be put on hold somehow, some way. Um, you know, it's creating some mass confusion out there. Um, so I, I, I expect probably any day, even within the next week or two, that we may, uh, we may have a new definition out for, for review. It is. It just shows how hard it is to get that old rule gone and a new one yeah. in its place. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I think, uh, you know, when Trump won the won uh, the election, uh, you know, and then took action on WOTUS and so on and so forth, I think a lot of people expected that this rule was entirely dead. But uh, as we've seen, the environmental groups in a lot of these states that supported the rule, uh, they haven't backed away at all. And I think, uh, you know, this is probably an issue even once that new definition comes out, I think we're going to see, uh, you know, more challenges to that as well. Yeah, this I remember Don Parrish with the American Farm Bureau Federation keep reminding us all throughout uh, since the election, it's going to yeah. be a process. The, the administration, the President Trump couldn't just come in and do away with the old one and put in a new one. It was a process, and we're seeing how long that process could be. Absolutely. You know, even when the I mean, we've seen Supreme Court rulings. We've seen legal challenges to the Clean Water Act, um, you know, since its inception in, in, the, in the early 70s. Um, and, you know, it's kind of been always, there's always been a question about what was a navigable water and what wasn't a navigable water. And I, I don't know, honestly, if we're any closer to solving that. Nope. Uh, we kind of just wait to see. Anytime, and plus, anytime it's in the legal system, we know that's going to take a while as well. And there's for every, uh, every ruling, then you expect the appeals and things like that. All right, Todd, good to talk with you. Thanks for the updates. All right, you too. Thanks. Todd Neely with DTN. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. I need to pack up and head to Boone, Iowa for the Farm Progress Show. And I'll be broadcasting from there the next three days. If you're going to be at the show... Hope to see you there. I'll be broadcasting from the uh, media tent uh, tomorrow and Thursday and from the Syngenta tent on Wednesday, coming up on tomorrow's show. 
And each day we'll get updates on how the show is going with show director Matt Youngman. Also on our show tomorrow, we're going to talk with one of the host farmers and talk about how their crop year has gone and what it's like again um, hosting the Farm Progress Show there in Boone, Iowa. So that's coming up tomorrow. Hope you will join us. Have a great day, everyone. Lots going on. Stay with us. Stay tuned to AOA each day for the latest news and information. I'm Mike Adams. Have a great day, everyone.